0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Electric Leftovers. This is episode 273. I'm Jason. How are you today? We have got all the things in the world happening between now and sometime in the near future. It is uh, it's uh, Black Friday week for me in the industry that I work in. It is uh, Memorial Day weekend. We basically had to cram as much work as we can that we'd normally get done in five days into two days, two and a half, maybe three tops, but the weather's been horrible, uh, and this is about the time people start showing up. There's like 6,000 burials in the one cemetery that, that I work at most of the time, and you can imagine a lot of those people uh, come in on Memorial Day weekend to put flowers out, clean up, hang out, whatever. And a lot of them don't always know where they're going. And almost none of them come alone. Oh, there's going to be a lot of people. It's very exciting in a very non-exciting kind of way. Uh, it's also ended up being the week that here in Idaho, that uh, this is our last week before everything starts to reopen. It's supposed to be reopening on the... uh What day? on the 30th. Yeah, everybody's supposed to be reopening on the 30th. And so a lot of my venues have been calling wanting to do gigs. In fact, we're supposed to have a gig tonight and I it's been so screwed up. I don't even know if it's going to happen or not. It's a not the best planned thing. And that's nobody's fault right now. Things are just so up in the air. Anyway, Let's not talk about that, let's talk about this. Over at the website, since last we spoke, we have some new Minecraft from me. We have some new uh, Let's Plays, including Ghouls and Ghosts, the Sega Genesis version, from me. We have some new La Mulana 2012 from me. Over in the forums, we've got the first four episodes of Season 10 of Mystery Science Theater, including Soul Taker, Girl in the Gold Boots, Merlin's Shop of... mm, Something, something, and Future War, where a uh, kickboxing slave escapes from the future and is hunted by dwarven Tyrannosaurus Rexes. It's true. It's a real thing. Uh, And our last soundtrack we added was Bubble Bobble. So there's the thing. Also, I'm starting. uh, If you guys have any questions, comments, anything like that you'd like read and answered on the podcast, uh, find me on Twitter at Jason G R V I N or uh, leave a comment on my YouTube channel and I will get your question. And we're going to have one or two of those later in the show. the year 2049 earth has been turned into a toxic waste dump humankind has fled into space leaving behind an army of mechanized orbots to clean up the mess but when the orbot leader warhead goes haywire and starts a robot revolt only a lonely sludge barge pilot named vector man can pull the plug vector man can morph change into a speeding train a power drill mechanical fish or a dune buggy gone berserk overthrow the orbots with awesome power weapon power-ups like uh, shockwave bolo and orb the best graphics on the genesis eye-popping 3d effects and silky smooth animation it's vector man for the genesis it's an action game developed by blue sky software and published by sega and was released in 1995 this was requested a million billion years ago and i don't remember who did it if it was you who requested this let me know i want to give you credit for it i'd never played Director man when i was a kid we didn't have a we had a genesis but we had very few games that was more kind of what my brother was playing i was much more into super nintendo and rpgs and that kind of thing so not a ton of those on the genesis um i don't dislike this game i don't love this game but it is think about this for a minute think about how 90s this is uh the orbot leader goes haywire and starts a robot revolt and what is his name warhead but the orbots are supposed to clean up the earth that we destroyed so I mean pretty much wally just ripped off vector man head to toe and I'm sure there was something else that all that ripped off because this this is kind of like silent running part two a little bit have you guys ever seen silent running it's Bruce Dern movie you should watch it it's very good Uh, yeah it's alright it's pretty good it's kind of like we need us a Mega Man Let's make a Vector Man. Oh, it's not as good as Mega Man. Oh well, the kids will love it. It's the 90s. actually a couple of reviews for this, which is more than I was uh, anticipating. Uh, If you were going to be looking for the game Vampire for the Sega Master System, which we talked about last week, if you want to find it, you might be better off looking for either Master of Darkness or Vampire Master of Darkness uh, because that's kind of how it's known. I don't know how it just got to be Vampire in some markets, but it's master of darkness vampire master of darkness whatever whatever in other markets so let's see what satoramon has to say about it master of darkness is a slow but well accomplished platformer it's a traditional platformer but as the title suggests it's not a cutesy one in fact this game is about fighting dracula and the undead that goes with him the side-scrolling graphics are dark and suitably dreary throughout the five levels, although the scenery changes, the actual structure of the levels don't, and you can tell that it's just a different color that's been placed on, and not a different place, especially when you use the same staircases in every level! Exclamation point. With that gripe aside though, this is a good playable game, although it doesn't break any new ground at all. What it does, it does well, even if it is short. One of the things I it does best is give you an array of weapons to use. These range from your starting weapon, a dagger, to axe stakes, pistols, bombs, and a heavy-duty projectile. Other various things help you along the way like the inspired voodoo doll for an extra life using the Ouija board for a continued screen all to keep in the dark ghostly manner of the game. The controls are easy to master and once you're on your way it's fairly easy stuff at the beginning. Most characters can be killed off in a shot or two at first but as you work through the stages the AI and health increase thus you need to up your ante to keep going. We're just throwing all sorts of uh, cliches at you here. Despite a slightly dull start where the occasional flying dog is all you need to worry about, soon Waxworks dummies will be flying across the screen without warning and bats will be hidden so you can't see them until you disturb them. It's a game where observations of patterns are needed so you can understand what to do, otherwise you'll be baffled by it all. But while the game isn't pedestrian, it rarely breaks you into a panic. You know, I have no idea what, what uh, Satoruman is saying sometimes. The shame of that is that there's really no puzzles, it's just watch, learn, defeat, and so add finite. Oh boy. <laughs> it may not be the most exciting game plan in the world, but it does have that crucial element of keeping your interest in the game and not on what to play next. Also, the game is fairly short. The ideas stay fresh until the end of the game. Master of Darkness is a game that takes you at a leisurely pace through the world of platforming. While it doesn't give you anything new, it's not the stale game it could have been. Uh, Satoriamon gave it a three. He's kind of all over the place, isn't he? And he uses a ton of commas. Wow. Lots of commas. Everybody gets comma sickness once in a while. That's from 2003 by the way, in March, and then he came back in June to update it. Uh, The starting weapon, a dagger, but the starting weapon isn't a dagger. The starting weapon, as everybody knows, if you watch the Let's Play, is the Wacken Stick. Uh, It does give you a lot of different weapons. There is a dagger, there's an axe, there's stakes, pistols, blah blah blah. The stakes look like giant teeth. Um, My favorite combo was the Wacken Stick and the Teeth of Doom. Uh... Because the range, the axe is really powerful, but the range is terrible. Oh, that was my go-to on that. Not a bad review, not a bad review. Just kind of add finite, add finite. Okay, you don't have to try and sound smart, Satori. Anyway, Neverender in 2014 reviewed, re-reviewed, updated in 2016 says, in a nutshell. Castlevania on the Sega Master System. Prepare to be social in London? Ever fancy on being a dapper man during the Victorian era in London? Well, your dreams are about to be true. You play as Dr. Ferdinand Social, a psychologist who has a curious fascination with following directions from a Ouija board. Join him on his journey to uncover the mystery behind a series of murders by the light of the full moon. Master Darkness is a Sega Master System, SMS action platforming game that is an unabashed ripoff of the Castlevania series on the Nintendo Entertainment System, NES, but he's not going to tell you is that I believe Castlevania was out on the MSX before this. Uh, while the core gameplay does mirror Castlevania, there are enough minor differences like the easier difficulty, different setting of the time period, and the ability to change your main weapon that makes this game feel distinct rather than some soulless clone. And then he goes on to name this section, what we've heard twice already, in a nutshell, Castlevania on the second Master System. There is no way to talk about Master of Darkness without comparing its gameplay to that of Castlevania. You will have to navigate some perilous jumps and trudge up staircases, all while battling nasty monsters on your way to confront Dracula. You also, also have to destroy item masks, uh, which give you various items, including weapons. While you do have a secondary weapon similar to... Uh, System similar to Castlevania the slight difference is that you also have the ability to change your main weapon by finding a new one in the item Masks, those are kind of like the candles Uh, Your main weapons have varying ranges and strengths, with the axe being the strongest but having the shortest range, and the saber having the longest reach but relatively weak damage. Because, you know, swords don't hurt. (laughs) Another fortunate difference from Castlevania is that the series' legendary difficulty did not make its way over. While Master of Darkness is no breeze to beat, it is a lot more accessible to gamers and causes a lot less frustration coming in with an average overall difficulty level. Perhaps the most noticeable difference is that the game is set during the 1800s in London. You are a well-dressed, well-groomed man, which you totally cannot tell from looking at the sprites. Uh, You can shoot some thugs along the Thames River with your pistol. You can hem, excuse me. You can stab at Jack the Ripper with your gentlemanly saber, even though it doesn't hurt. You can creep through at the house of wax dolls, dodging haunted furniture and wax statues. You can expect a lot of what you do and where you go to reflect the setting of the game, which works out pretty nicely. However, you will certainly see some staple environments like the obligatory castle and graveyard levels. Since we're talking about the visuals, it should be mentioned that Master of Darkness looks great. Not only is the game well realized visually, but the fact that it has a more mature look both fits the game well and makes it stand out against the more colorful and cartoony platformers that are prevalent on the Master System. And Castlevania, which I find to be incredibly brightly and cheery. Uh, in comparison. Additionally, the music fits the mood of the game and sounds pretty decent to boot. On top of the look and the sound of the game, the storylines end up feeling pretty well fleshed out too. You not only get a bit of the backstory in the manual and the introduction to the game, but as you advance through the game, you are told how the story is progressing and you get to know your steps in between the levels. This really gives you a sense of purpose as Dr. Social adventures towards his end conflict with Dracula. This game has a lot of things going for it, and not a whole lot to go against it. Outside of the fact that it's basically a Castlevania reskin, there are really only minor issues, uh, such as controls when climbing or descending staircases. You need to push diagonally on the d-pad rather than the traditional up or down, which ends up making for a bit of awkward shimmying. Another minor annoyance is the fact that you can actually downgrade your weapon if you aren't careful. Nobody wants the beginning weapon, the dagger, but if you muddle your way onto one, it's going to replace the better weapon you were holding but these aren't really big deals and the game holds up as being solid on the whole. Wow, someone who can write. Epitaph, I played through Master of Darkness a while back and thought that it was a pretty solid game but didn't have a ton of fun with it. Replaying it for this review, I ended up having a lot more fun. The Sega Master System has a lot of really great platformers, but most of those are more lighthearted and cartoony. I liked the more mature gloomy tone of the game in contrast to those other titles. It also helps that I am not as familiar with the 8-bit Castlevania game, so the core gameplay elements were a bit more fresh to me than it may be for some other retro gamers. I like how you actually got uh, some story progression as you advanced through the game, which isn't that common for 8-bit platformers, even though uh, even if it is a bit ridiculous for a psychologist to listen to a Ouija board and then adventure out to go battle against Dracula. Even though Master of Darkness is a solid overall experience, it definitely lacks originality and the intangible extra oomph that pushes it from being a good game to being a great game. With that said, anybody that enjoys both Master System games and the Castlevania series should definitely pick this up. On top of that, I'd say most fans of retro platformers will find this game worth a play. Master of Darkness is a a 3.5 out of 5 for being a great Castlevania clone with solid action platforming, but by being a clone lacks in originality. And he did indeed give it a a 3.5 out of 5. Never Ender wrote a pretty good review, uh, though a little redundant, with the in a nutshell Castlevania on the Master System, because you told us that three times um i grabbed vampire because i was looking for something obscure to play for halloween uh last year 2019 and this showed up on a couple of lists i went and tried it and had a really good time with it it is not a oh my gosh this is a great amazing game and it's a hidden gem and everybody needs it right away but it is just a really good solid little game i like the things that it did Uh, that were like Castlevania because I do like most of the Castlevania games and I like the things that it did to differentiate itself from Castlevania. Uh, The different weapons were kind of neat. The locations, I mean, it was like, it's totally different. Look, this one's got orange bricks and this one's got gray bricks. The locations don't make that much of a difference. They're almost just reskins of the same things from the Castlevania game so i don't give it extra points for that but i don't take points away from it either it does what it's supposed to do and it does it well
1: Thank you. we
0: And just like that, several hours later, it is time for the news. So our lead story is Sign of the Times. In South America, some families of people who have died of COVID-19 have had to wait days for a coffin, either because of the short supply or they were unable to afford one. The Associated Press reported that on May 8th. In response, ABC Displays, a Colombian advertising company, has developed a cardboard hospital bed with metal railings that can be converted into a coffin. The beds can hold the weight of 330 pounds and cost about $85 each. Company manager Rodolfo Gomez says he plans to donate 10 beds and hopes to receive orders for more from emergency clinics that might run short on beds. That's that's something. And if it looks like what I'm picturing in my head, that's $85 is probably just cost. It's not no profit in that at all. Not men from outer space, by the way. People in Washington's Puget Sound were startled on the evening of May 6th by a brilliant streak of light across the sky, followed three minutes later by a loud explosion. Huge boom that shook the house was the loudest boom I've ever heard, one witness in Briar reported, according to KOMO, or COMO, The American Meteor Society investigated the many reports and it fielded and determined the noise came from an exploding meteor entering Earth's atmosphere. The meteor may have been part of the annual Eta Aquarid meteor shower, which occurs when Earth moves through the remnants of Halley's Comet. And I probably said that wrong. Bright ideas. Restaurants have adapted to local lockdowns with curbside and drive through services, so it's no surprise that other businesses are following suit. Mink's Gentlemen's Club in Virginia Beach, Virginia, is offering drive through pole dances and other entertainment in a makeshift outdoor space, according to The Sun. Dancers were showered with bills or grabbed their tips using a trash picker to reach into vehicles as patrons enjoyed the performances from the safety of their cars. Because, you know, dollar bills don't have any cooties. Except cocaine. Almost every dollar bill in circulation in America at any given moment has cocaine residue on it. No lie. Absolutely no lie. Uh, We'll get to that in a minute. Meanwhile in Las Vegas, Little Darlings is offering completely new drive-up strip teases. Guests can drive up to the front door. We're going to have dancers separated by the six-foot separation rule and customers can enjoy a totally nude show right from the seat of their car. A Little Darlings spokesperson told KSNV. Little darlings, that's an odd name for that. Okay, so back to the cocaine. That's a phrase I never thought I'd say. Let's get back to cocaine. Uh, So, the way it works is, let's say somebody you know uses cocaine. And they use the dollar bill method, and they put it back in their wallet, and the bills that come in contact with it will have the residue. It goes into a cash register at a business the bills it comes in contact with have uh, residue uh and it just so on and so on and so on then it gets to like an atm where it goes through the little roller things so now it's on the rollers and yeah i think when i first heard that the estimate was like 97 percent of all the money in circulation in america at any given moment has cocaine residue on it <clears throat> So, start licking your dollars, everybody. Recent alarming headline in, oh boy, Clocolon, Free State Province, South Africa. I think that was actually right. Where the now seven-week-long lockdown begins, uh, a ban on buying or selling alcoholic beverages. Thieves broke into the rest-in-peace funeral parlor and made off with four gallons of exhumation liquid. Exhumation. You are no longer human, the Daily Mail reported on May 12th. The fluid used to preserve body parts that have been exhumed is 97% alcohol. Police spokesman Brigadier Motanzi Makhele said uh, that the burglars had to break through roller blinds and into a locked steel cabinet to get the liquid. The forensics officer reported, if the thieves drink that liquid without water and it wrapped down, then they will drop dead themselves. That's a South African accent. Inexplicable, in 2006, Armin Maiwis, now 58, was convicted of killing, dismembering, and slowly eating burned brands, 43, over a number of months in Rottenburg, Germany. But today, the man who advertised himself as a friendly and polite cannibal goes for walks around town with a polite escort and wearing sunglasses and a cap to disguise himself. Milas had advertised in 2001 on a website called The Cannibal Cafe for a well-built 18 to 30-year-old to be slaughtered and then consumed, and Bram's answered the ad. At trial, Milas told the court he had always dreamed of having a younger brother to be a part of me and thought cannibalism would be a way to satisfy that obsession. Two officers accompany Maiwis on his outings, reports the Daily Mail, and he is described by his keepers as a friendly, outgoing, and polite prisoner who is often helpful to others, attends church services, and works in the prison laundry. Well, he said he was friendly and polite, and the cops say he's friendly, outgoing, and polite. Also, what did he do? I have an ad here. I want you to come over so I can eat you. And the person answers the ad. I'm here for you to eat me. I will now eat you. Hey, you. You ate that guy. He told me to. Come with me. We're taking a walk. Make sure you're friendly and outgoing. Questionable judgment. Curtis L. Fish. Oh, Fish. Hey, Bogota, 48, arrested and charged with kidnapping and raping a woman. Oh, that took a turn. A New Year's Day in Bucks County, Pennsylvania was released when the COVID-19 crisis erupted in jails, according to PennLive.com. On May 12th, police responding to reports that Fish tried to break into the Crossroads Tavern in Hilltown Township, attempted to taser fish. So, taser is a pronoun, so it's capitalized, so it looks like the name is now Taser Fish. So they attempted to taser, him, but he fled to his home nearby, where he set off and aimed fireworks at a SWAT team before his house, suddenly caught fire. Fireworks outside and fireworks inside, said tavern owner Mike. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy, Ronzinski. So I believe that's what lit the house on fire. Uh, body thought to be fish. I'm sorry, it's not funny, but it's funny. A body thought to be fish was found inside. Ronzinski said, Fish, whom he had known for 16 years, was not the same guy I had known him to be. Before the rape charges. <clears throat> what is with the names? Joseph Todd... Oh, boy. Kowalczyk, 20, tweeted at the FBI on May 10th, threatening he had 10 bombs ready to go off in my basement. Come get me, you guys. Have till 8 before I make the city my own little hell. Hashtag for Waco. The FBI determined the tweet came from a mobile home park in Clinton Township, Michigan. Oh, how do you have a basement in one of those? According to Detroit News, an officer showed up at Kowalski's... Boy, that's... I don't... It could be. Kowalski. We'll go with that. Wall six, Wall six. That's it. Uh, home the next day, where he explained he was testing the government, and he was upset that they had not responded more promptly. He told agents he had no weapons and would not make any more threatening tweets. But as the day wore on, Wall six taunted the FBI in further posts, disparaging the agency and police for their slow response. On May 12th, he was arrested and charged with transmitting a threat to injure, which was punishable by up to five years in prison. Transmitting a threat to injure. We call that going against Twitch's terms of service, where I come from. Paying the price, restaurants in West Plains, Missouri endured a... That's odd. It's on the eastern side of the state. That might not be true. Anyway, those restaurants endured a social media storm in early May after a customer posted a photo of a receipt that included a COVID-19 surcharge. But the restaurants pushed back, according to KY3 or ky who knows. It's not a tax, it's basically just a small percentage to cover all of our extra expenses, said bootleggers barbecue owner, Brian Stack. There's two A's, so you gotta say it like that. Kiko Japanese steakhouse manager, Sarah Sherwood, that's who you want running your steakhouse, Sarah Sherwood said prices on most items have doubled. And Ozark Cafe co-owner Heather Hughes confirmed, Every day there's something else. Food suppliers can't get it. The prices have gone up exorbitantly. The tour say it's easier to have the 5% surcharge than constantly change the menus. And they've been upfront with their customers using signs and notes in their menus. While the initial response was surprise, Sherwood said the community has really come together to support the local businesses. <clears throat> you know, we could die really want my Japanese steak. Meanwhile, this one's just titled Florida. A Mother's Day bouquet became a weapon during an altercation in Pinellas County, Florida. I need to look if you're from there. Send me a message and tell me how to say that. Okay. In fact, that goes for any any name or place in the show from now on. Uh, Florida, early on May 11th, Sandra K. Webb, 32, allegedly became angry with her husband because he brought flower, bought flowers for her children to give to her for Mother's Day. Okay, the smoking gun reported that Webb threw the bouquet, as I hung up a phone call, that's most likely a scam, uh, Webb threw the bouquet at her husband and hit him with it, then spit on him. Webb was charged with domestic battery. She admitted throwing the flowers, but denied the spitting. Ooh, did he really? Mike was it just flowers? Were they in a the vase? Like, what kind of flowers? Was it roses? Is he missing an eye? Was it daffodils? Like, look, somebody's gonna throw a bouquet of daffodils at me. I'm just gonna walk that off. You know what I mean? Them cops are busy enough dealing with fish. This is something new I'm going to do on the show. Um, If you guys have any questions or comments that you would like me to read on the show, possibly even respond to, um, you can hit me up on YouTube at Jason's Groove Machine. Just leave a comment on the channel. But Twitter might actually be a little easier. So if you want to find me on Twitter at Jason, G-R-V-I-N, Jason Groovin. That's how that goes um so uh pretty much this is how this is gonna go i'm gonna any comments i got i'm gonna read them i'm gonna try and answer them to the best of my ability tenma says what is your favorite pokemon and why is it septile also will you ever have play metal gear rising well, I will ever have play Metal Gear Rising Tenma. Uh, it's how it's written. I'm gonna read it. I'm not making fun of you. I promise. Uh, I have played Metal Gear Rising in the past, um, here on the old PC machine. It uh I like it. I like it very much. Um I like that it it really just like we're just going nuts with it. And I think platinum did it. And if I remember right, Platinum is a lot of the people who used to be in... Was it Clover? Who did things like Beautiful Joe. Uh, even... I think the Red Hot Kick from Beautiful Joe is in Rising. Uh, and I really like that. I think they do really good work over at Clover slash Platinum. If that is the same people. If not... Whoever it is, good job, guys. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping... To Let's play it someday, but the computer is not quite up to specs on that yet. But I really like it. I need to get around to finishing it someday. What is my favorite Pokemon, and why is it Sceptile? So, here's something you may or may not know about me, Tenma and everybody. I don't really care for Pokemon all that much. It was... Um, it was really becoming a thing more... Like my younger brother's age. Um, I missed it by like two or three years. Uh, once it came about, didn't really care. I tried it. I didn't love it. I still don't really love Pokemon. I, I understand it a bit more. I understand why people like it a bit more. It's just not for me. So I don't know what a septile is. I imagine it's some sort of serpent reptile. Uh, because that's usually how Pokemon goes, and since it is some sort of uh, serpent reptile, I'm gonna guess it's bug and flying type because that's what you want when you're a septile. Um, I have played a couple of the Pokemon games, I've let's played one of the Pokemon games, I did Platinum where I picked the turtle, cannot remember what his name is. I usually go grass type just because the very first Pokemon game I played, I think was blue. And I think I picked Bulbasaur and I think I just by default go grass type. It's um kind of breaking a rule that I, well, it's not a rule. I often criticize other people for saying, you know, this was the best one that, this thing is the best thing of its type ever because it's the first one of its type I ever played like a lot of people who think uh, Final Fantasy 7 is the best Final Fantasy that was their first Final Fantasy same with Symphony of the Night same with uh, Metroid Fusion from, from my own passive research people who like those the most that was their first entry into it so I, I kind of like grass types, but again, that's it was the first one I did, so I, I kind of even hate mentioning it. So, when I have played some of the others, um, I don't even remember Sapphire, Ruby, that, that era, genre, whatever, uh, I usually go Fire, uh, Torchic, I kind of like Torchic. Anyway, uh, there's that, that is our one and only comment. Well, I guess it's two. You were sneaky, Tenma. You got two in for the price of nothing. Uh, if you want to leave me some comments to get into the next episode, like I said, Twitter, at Jason Grooven or Jason's Groove Machine on YouTube, or uh, look in the um, description. I hope I got that right this time. Look at the description for our Discord chat link, and you can find me there. And just ask whatever you want, and I will answer it every week. So that's going to do it for questions and answer time. Prime Minister question time is over. Uh, Hurrah, 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 hurrah. So ladies and gentlemen, that is going to do it for this week's edition of Electrical Leftovers. I want to thank you very much for giving it a listen. I am very tired. I'm probably going to uh, sit in this chair. I'm probably going to watch a movie and I'm going to do a bunch of grinding in a game that I'm trying to get done for a let's play. That's... I am hip. I'm cool. All the kids want to be like me. If you want to, speaking of Let's Plays, check out any of the Let's Plays, any of the games we talked about here on the show, you can find that at lowbiasgaming.net. Not only Let's Plays from me, but from CoolioMZX, Jade Farrow, Ragnat, Scarlet, everybody got stuff over there. Uh, soundtracks are over there. We got some Mystery Science Theater stuff over there. All that's there along with um, old episodes of the podcast, which, by the way, you can also find on YouTube at Jason's Groove Machine. If you want to subscribe to the show, you can do so at any place that you can get your podcasts like Spotify and that other one and that one. Yeah, we're definitely on that one. Uh, Leave me a comment or a review or whatever, wherever you see this, if you have a brief moment to do so, because, you know, maybe it, it ticks the boxes and then people see it. I don't know how it works. It's weird. Uh, Anything else, if you'd like to financially support the show, you can do so. Uh, You'll find the links to that in the description of this. But there's Patreon, Venmo, and Cash App. However, until we have all managed to beat the virus into submission, uh, I would much rather if you guys have some extra uh, income to spread around, find a charity, find somebody who needs it, give it to them. Uh, they need it much more than I do. There's a lot of people who ain't working right now, and I'm not one of them. So if anybody else needs help, help them first. Help yourself first, okay? Make sure you're good. Don't over-exert yourself to help other people. you got to have both feet on the ground if you want to be able to help anybody else up. Okay? Okay. That that got really, uh, really just kind of... Yep, that's how we do it. Anyway, goodbye.
1: To you by...
0: Electric Leftovers is a low bias gaming production. Low bias gaming. We play games.